There we are. Well, hello. Welcome. Hi. Welcome to tonight. It's us. You and me. <laughs> me and you. Yeah, it's a Jeffrey and a Dana night. Just us two. Yeah, you know, two boys and a bunch of stuff to talk about. Just the two of us. We, we can, can make, make it, it if we, if we try. try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. So, <laughs> um, so you had a good idea. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about um, what are we gonna talk about? Why don't you why don't you talk about what we're gonna talk about? Oh Lord, have mercy. So I've been thinking about respect. What that means with people. And I saw a video on TikTok, really is what it had me thinking. And it was a younger kid. And he was like, um, can we start a gay club where there's nobody allowed over 32? Because I find older guys really annoying. And you can imagine the stitches that came of that TikTok video. <laughs> Where it was just hateful, right? Where they're like, this younger generation has no respect for the older generation and what we've had to go through so that you could have the life that you have. Yeah. Um, and then later in like comments, he, he mentions that, you know, the older guys are creepy. And people are like pointing that out. And so you see like an older generation ripping them apart. And then like he, you know, the, the comments are like, he is attacking them, they're attacking him. And, you know, everybody wants respect. Nobody earns respect. And then how do you deal with the confrontation of all that? Oh, I had, you know what? Before the show, I just happened to Google. Um, and it gave me the best thing I've ever read about respect. I just Googled um, specifically the word psychology of respect. And it gave me this great definition from um, the IOM, whatever, international, Um it tends to be a self-reinforcing behavior. Uh, treating someone with respect means showing regard for their abilities and worth, valuing their feelings and their views, even if they don't necessarily agree with them, accepting them on an equal basis and giving them the same consideration you would expect for yourself. And I thought that was like the best definition of respect that I've ever read. And Way to go, Google, for shooting that right up at the top of the search thing there. I really like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. Like, there's so many. There's so this. This is a good topic because I think we could talk about this like all night. There's there's so many different things like facets to respect. Like, we could talk about things that we find disrespectful, uh, things that we see in like character traits that we see in people that um that earn our respect or you immediately like command respect or like the difference between like commanding respect and earning it um like how respect can build over time or erode over time there's so many yeah this is a good one mm -hmm. yeah right and like what's the difference right there's some people that you immediately just have respect for mm -hmm. and there's others that it's like oh <laughs> i don't think so sure and then there's like the 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 ones where you see some of the things that they've done and you're like oh i can respect that but then when you actually meet them you're like 
hmm, maybe you're just doing that for attention because when I'm meeting you, it's it's hard for me to see that same person that did those things, you know? Right. And then the opposite, like somebody you might disrespect, like somebody you might not have respect for because you heard something or like there's rumors or they're in the media and then you actually meet them and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that that was their situation. I actually do respect that person, you know, like you, you have to respect their position and where they are and what what's going on. And you don't necessarily like expect that to happen. But I mean, it's you could, there's always uh, the possibility of getting kind of a, a surprise. Oh, absolutely. Like, well, I, I almost messaged you and was going to tell you to listen to the 22 minute. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know what you'd even call it. Like Britney Spears put out um, a voice note kind of thing of like mm-hmm. her take on what's happened to her. And it was, you know, she's like, I could have gotten paid a ton of money to do a sit down interview. And she's like, why? For what? Right. And it was, I thought, so powerful to hear her tell her side of the story and how she felt disrespected and how she just felt like a machine and that nobody cared about her. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of fascinating, you know, about this thing and her friends coming to see her show and they just went and got all pampered and they kind of ignored her. She wasn't allowed to go. And and how do you deal with the confrontation of all that? You know what I mean? Now that it's all kind of over and whatever. And again, it goes back to the respect thing because you still have all these fans of this woman who's this mm-hmm. worldwide pop star. And I keep I'm like, why do these TikTok videos show up on our page? But they're, you know, they're all, ripping apart every move and everything she says, where they're like, oh, she still has no control over life. The, the, uh, the, her assistant just quit and she likes something so-and-so did. And, you know, they're, the husband's on the payroll of the father and they're ripping this woman's life apart still. And it's like, do you have no respect for her? Like, she's just finally getting her freedom back and you're still looking to create a story where there maybe isn't any. Now you're attacking her husband. Like, let the woman have some peace. Like, give her some grace. Like, respect the situation. Like, back off. And there's, I mean, there's certain levels of respect, obviously. It belongs, like, on a spectrum. I mean, you're going to get, I mean, everybody deserves a certain level of respect just as a human. And she really, like, even if she did some questionable things and, like, sure, she's, like, maybe doesn't have great judgment and she maybe has a history of kind of volatile behavior, it's still, her life is in a fishbowl. Everybody's staring at her. And that has a psychological effect on somebody. Like, you have, there's stress, there's anxiety, there's, like, just the, the the pressure of living up to expectations for all these people that are watching you globally on the internet. Like there's, there's a lot to like, it, you can't really put yourself in her shoes. Cause I mean, who really can, unless you're a celebrity and you've had a situation like that. So, I mean, showing just somebody is like some personal respect, like give her some privacy. Like 
why why does it matter what this lady is doing like she's she's not more important than me she's not more important than you she's not more important than like the lady at the grocery store they're all humans like what what makes her circus so much more entertaining than somebody else i don't understand it was it. a hit that's what it was honey. yeah everybody just has to know because of her name i guess you know yeah it's, hard. it's it's crazy to me that we have no boundaries mm-hmm. with these people none yeah I mean, it's, there's, and I mean, you, how many times has a celebrity like kicked or swung or punched at or tried to tackle or run somebody off the road for like the paparazzi chasing them around and just getting in their business? Cause like, they just go nuts after a while. Like it's gotta be crazy making to have somebody following you around constantly, yeah. like trying to take a, a picture of you where you look embarrassing or you're doing something like that you think you're doing in private and they're just right there. Yes, yes. And and the thing is, if anybody ever stopped to put themselves in that situation, they would be able to understand that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's kind of her her story in all this is she's like, I don't understand what any of this warranted. She's like, I was hanging out with my mom one day and all of a sudden she's like, oh, I think they're coming over to you to talk to you today. Maybe we should take off and go to a hotel. And the next thing I know, I'm being strapped to a gurney. And then they're locking me up in a facility for five months. And she's like, what did I do that was so wrong? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that's an extreme case of, you know, what, obviously, you know, a regular Joe Schmo, we're not going through that. No. But I think all of us in our own daily lives, you know what I mean? There's there's a struggle, you know, like obviously we're going through a divorce, well, you know, a parent dies, a kid dies. You know, yeah. everybody has their own grievance that is going yeah. on. And then the, there's, it's so easy to spiral downward. Like, yeah. if I wanted to, it would take me a day, less than a day. It, it could take me a couple hours, and I could ruin my life with just a few choices. It's, it's easy. It's so fast. Yeah. But to spiral upwards and actually, like, build something from yourself, like, you have to claw and claw and claw to get just a little bit ahead. And I mean, it's, it, I just, I don't know. I think I have a lot more compassion for somebody who spirals down because I know how those things just compound. Like one thing on top of another, the pressure of everything, the feeling like where you just want to escape and like feel nothing and you drink and whatever. Like it, I get it. Like it, is easier to avoid the the hard part of clawing your way back up out of it. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'm down here. I'll just try to find a way to be happy down here. You know. So I don't know. Which I don't know never what happens. I don't know what her plan is. Like I don't know where she's trying to. Like what her overall goal is. But I mean, I just I think she deserves at least like to just be left alone for a while. It just sucks for her. I don't know. It just just feels bad. Yeah, I mean, in the words of Ronnie Dangerfield, you know, she gets no respect. No. It's crazy. Maybe she needs to do a cover of R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Just saying. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to really like make of that whole situation. I don't follow it out of respect, maybe, or maybe it's just that I'm not <laughs> interested. Like, right. Well, I mean, it's a fishbowl thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. unless it's put in my face, I usually don't. You know, pay attention to it. Like, I mean, she's doing her thing. She's living her life. I, what does it got to do with me? I don't care. Yeah. Um. But usually, if it's put in my face, like I'll be like, oh, the next thing I know, I'm like five articles deep. Like, son of a bitch. Because I'm a nosy type of bitch, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think going back to like our real lives, how do you handle, you know, when you feel somebody is disrespecting you, and that confrontation kind of comes up? I, I don't like confrontation. Um, oh, and when it, yeah. it gets to that point for me, it's usually not not a good place because once I get to that point. It's usually like, "Mm, we're done. I have like three settings for, uh, see, the interesting thing with me is, I don't know if you're the same way, but I'm, I'm hugely conflict avoidant. Like I will avoid Mm -hmm. it if at all possible, because the whole Mm -hmm. thing makes me uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. typically when there's conflict, there's a high chance that somebody's going to get their feelings hurt or you have to say something hurtful and I just don't want to do it. I just don't, yeah. it's, it's like, I would just like to go away. And yep. the, so it's hard sometimes to be like, you know what, you got it. You got, you can't just avoid everything. You have to take care of it. You have to step up and say whatever. So I will let a lot of things go for a really long time and I'll give people chance after chance. Like I'll approach it from a lot of different angles. Like yeah. if somebody seems disrespectful towards me, I will maybe try to, be more respectful for it towards them, like a lead by example type of situation. Like, okay, well, I respect your opinion. Uh, you can feel that way. I feel differently, but you know, we can still be amicable. This is fine. And then when that doesn't work, then maybe be a little bit more assertive. Like it starts to get to a point like where time after time, once you're disrespected, like there's a part of my brain that wants to look out for the little guy like the, 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 there's like this, uh, this coping mechanism I have in my head, like where if I see somebody being disrespected or I see somebody being taken advantage of or so, somebody being hurt or whatever, there's this part of my brain that just triggers where I'm like, justice, no, I can't, I'm not going to let that person be bullied. I'm not going to let, and I'll do it to myself. Like I have it in my own head, but I let it go way further on my, on myself than I do when I watch somebody else. Like yeah. when I, there's somebody that I care about, like if somebody on the street, like started pushing you around and calling you names, I would immediately be like right there. But if somebody started pushing me around and calling me names, I'd be like, Hey man, I'm sorry. I don't know what I did, but I <laughs> like, you know, I'd be apologizing, but like, but I, do, I, I must've made you mad. Do you feel like you do that because it's like, Oh, I'm tough. I can take it. Or. Like, that was always my thing, like, with the um, stress or, you know what I mean? Like, in my relationships where it was, like, or even with money, you know what I mean? Like, some of my friends, yeah. like, it was, like, oh, I knew they, you know what I mean? They, they can't figure this situation out. I, so, I'm just going to, I'm going to help them out. I'm going to give them the $300 they need. Mm-hmm. Not because they're a piece of shit and they can't pay me back or whatever, but because I know I, I can get myself out of this situation. Mm-hmm. But I know that's that's not them. And they're not the type of person that comes, you know what I mean? It's not a regular situation. So I'm going to, I'm going to put myself in a situation. I'm going to give them the money Mm -hmm. that I don't have to give because I know they're, they're way screwed. 
Mm-hmm. And because I can figure it out. I, I will figure it out. I'll find a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to do shit like that, which usually I've causes issues. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'll do it. Um, I guess it depends on the situation. Like, if it's, I don't know, say, like, me and somebody else are getting... Oh, my God. Like, say, say, say yeah, I know, me too. But, like, say every me time, and somebody you else... You don't understand, every time we get on air, every single live show, yeah, every show that we record, I yawn every, mm-hmm. through every show. It's I make ridiculous. a face, watch his face. I know, I'm always face? trying to like... Did you, did you see that face I just made? That uh-huh. was me choking back a yawn. That, whenever yeah, you see it, me make this face, it looks that's, like me, you, that's me you, not yawning. You were about to go down on a bad vagina, honestly. Yeah, making the, made the pew face. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, oh, oh, this isn't good. This smells like cologne. Yeah. Yeah, leave it the fuck alone. It'll be all right. We'll, we'll get there. You know what? We'll, let's, out of respect, I think that we should just ignore each other's yawns. For this evening, we'll, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just yawn away. Oh, we'll you bitch! You bitch! Oh, no, contagious. There it is. So. Oh damn it! Yeah, there you go. All right, so yeah, I mean, I do stuff like that. Like, if I uh, if I see somebody, I don't know, say like, oh, like I've done it before, like at work when I was younger. Um, I worked at Sears and I was in the back room and um, say we were working on something and one of the guys I was working with maybe did something wrong and maybe he gets in trouble a lot. And I didn't think what happened was fair. So I would come forward and be like, Oh no, I did that. I was the one that did that. I don't yell at him. And then they would yell at me instead. It's like, cause I don't care. I mean, I, you can see like somebody else, like where they're really taking something to heart and like, they're like, you know what? I can, I can take that. Like I'll take that one. That's okay. No. But, and then like, I think, that person respects you more. Like it might not mean anything to anybody, but that but that person will be like, oh wow, that was a super nice thing you did for me. Like I'm like, yeah, it was it wasn't a big deal to me, but I knew it would help you out, and it was probably a bigger deal to you to not get yelled at for that, and you probably felt bad, so no problem. It's that's something I can do that's easy, and then you get you get paid back. It may not be like the same type of situation, but maybe you're hungry and you get a slice of pizza out of it, or maybe, you know, like little stuff, like it yeah. just makes people like you more. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, like if somebody continues to disrespect me, like it'll get to the point where it'll erode from me being a little bit more assertive and a little bit more like where I kind of like demand more respect. Like I'll point out things like, Hey, you know, it, I don't like how far this is going. Like you're not treating me the way I like right now. And it'll keep going and keep going. And then I start, I start slipping into passive aggressive, like sarcasm. Like (laughs) I'll just start saying stuff. Like somebody will say something. It'll just trigger this really like off the cuff, like without thinking, like I'm angry. I feel like I've been treated unjustly and I'll just say something shitty. And I'm like, Oh, and then I, I'm, I'm not proud of myself for it. I don't feel good about it. But in the moment, it's like, oh, oh, that felt good. Get it out. And then after, I'm like, oh, man, that was stupid. Why did I say that? <laughs> but and then yeah. I get to the point like where like it just bubbles up and even the sarcasm doesn't do anything. And you just want to explode. Like You either want to like scream your lungs out and like yeah. break things. You just have to like walk away at a certain point. Like That's where... I, th- I think I've learned as I've gotten older, like 
where to put these boundaries. Like if somebody doesn't respect your boundaries enough and they, they, they won't like show you common decency through common conversation or through repetitive behavior, like just before I start to get to the point where the sarcastic stuff starts happening now, I'm just like, I have to go for, I have to, I have to go someplace else. I have to just, you know, I, I'm, I've got to, it's time. I've got to meet somebody. I got to go. Like, I'll just take myself out of the situation. <laughs> I can't be a part of this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You just, I just have to like walk away. Like the, yeah. my anxiety is getting up. I'm just, nobody, I, I have boundaries that are getting crossed and I don't like it. And I have to get away from it because I'm going to, I'm going to act in a way that's not respectful for myself and of you. Like I, I will disrespect myself by saying the things that I want to say and it will disrespect you because you'll have to hear the things that I want to say. <laughs> so I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like for me, I, I know never, I, I would rather talk about things when, when both parties are calm mm -hmm. and the situation has had a little bit of time yeah. to settle mm -hmm. because if if we talk while we're both have any kind of heat still left on us, yep, it's not going to be good. It's, well, it's everybody, not. it's just it's not. Everybody gets defensive. Like that's yeah. the hard thing is like you can't have a a constructive conversation when people you have to constantly defend what you're saying and they're defending what they're saying. It's like yeah. you never reach a point of like. Kind of like mutual, like, oh, yeah, well, I see your perspective because you don't want to see the other person's perspective because they've got you hot. Like, you want well, to just. And if it's somebody you genuinely care about in your life mm -hmm. and you really want to resolve it, yeah. and you're really at a place in your life where you, you can own your shit, mm -hmm. you have to be willing to go in and say, I did this. Yeah. And own your part in it. Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like in order to do that, you have to be at a place where you're calm. Yep. And you can hear, not just hear, but listen to what the other person is saying mm -hmm. and say, oh, oh, yeah, okay, all right. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I did, I did, okay, yep, mm -hmm. I did yep. that. And I think that's the hardest lesson in life to learn is yeah. to really be able to sit back and acknowledge our shit and things. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't give you the respect you deserve. I didn't handle that right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the hardest thing, like you're saying, like, going back and owning your, your trash. Like, like <laughs> even if somebody, even if somebody treats me disrespectfully, I don't have the right to do it back to them. It's, you don't, it's not an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth thing. Like, it's not 500 right. years ago. I mean, there's... Just because it's the same thing I tell my kids, like just because he hit you doesn't make it okay for you to hit him back. Like right. if somebody if if somebody loses control and they hurt you in some way, it doesn't give you permission. It doesn't what they did isn't okay. And when you copy it, it's doubly not okay. Like it's it's just yeah. more bad behavior. And if I've said it to my kids a hundred times. Like once, <laughs> yeah. when, uh, today, <laughs> I've said it a hundred times today. Like when somebody is doing something and you can feel yourself getting upset, instead of arguing with them, like if you've tried to talk to them about it and it's not getting anywhere, just walk away from it. Like yeah. if they're, 
if they're getting, if they're starting to act in a way that's going to cause problems, let them cause problems for themselves. Don't let them suck you into it. And I catch it. It's hard to even be an adult because as an adult, it's so easy. Our parents didn't ever say things like this to us. Like our parents were just like, no, you just don't do that. There's not Not even just our parents. Yeah. Nobody, Mm -hmm. nobody was having these conversations even into our twenties. No, not at all. I, I, I mean, I feel like these are conversations we've started having maybe in the last 10 years. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. In our in our 30s, like mm-hmm. these were not conversations that were even on our radar. And I think if had somebody even had the foresight, and I feel like I hung out with a lot of people that were 20 and 30 years older than me. And I gotta you know? feel like I, I almost kind of think that that was just the it was it was part of the isolation of not having a real internet. Like with the internet, you have so many more resources that are just plopped sure. in your lap, and like there's all these opinions, like everybody's opinions. And it's really easy to see like (laughs) the, when something is trash and when something is not like, it's pretty clear. And I'm the first one to admit, like I'm ashamed of a lot of the things I did and said in like the nineties, like I didn't know any better. Like I thought I was being funny. I thought I was being entertaining. I thought I was being edgy. Like, and I said, like, mean stuff to people to be yeah. funny and entertaining because that's how people treated me. All I had well, was the only thing I had to work off of is I, I, I acted the way people treated me because that's all I knew. I didn't know any better. Like, try then, coming up in the gay club, being a club kid, and gay culture was like mean girl culture, right? Like, that yeah. was the funny thing. I mean, still to this day, there's still a lot of, like, the drag queens, like the one that was on RuPaul's Drag Race. You know what I mean? Where it was like, oh, she read you to filth, right? That was comedy, you know? Joan mm-hmm. Rivers, Don Rickles, all those things. You know what I mean? And I think about 10 years ago and the things that I did on that radio show or even in stand-up comedy, I wouldn't do today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I have to stop and be willing to, like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Like, that was mm-hmm. insensitive. But I, it wasn't because I was trying to hurt anybody. No. Nope. I, I was... Ignorant. Just I trying to fit into whatever you could, yeah. And I've, and it's I've even like through listening and hearing people, like, oh my god, I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, now it's like I feel horrible. Like I didn't realize how offensive something was, or oh yeah, you know, uh, talking in an accent, something. You know what I mean? That fifteen years ago, 20, mm-hmm. ten years ago, I, I mean, was not something that you know, if you're doing comedy or whatever, people did. Mm-hmm. And you didn't really think anything of it. And now you realize, like, no, that is super offensive. You don't do it. You know, yeah. you have to acknowledge it and change. I mean, really, adapt. the only people you can pick on really now are Italians. <laughs> <laughs> it's a meatball. It's that's because why, we don't that's, give a fuck, okay? Yeah, that's, that's the only thing that's funny left, I think. I'll go back to you put you in the, the you know, the, the, oh, my God, I can't even see. Italians but will you, always be funny. You're swimming in the river with the fishes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my last name has two Z's and an N's and an I, so I guess I can pick on Italians. That's yeah, they'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely. I mean, it's a learning thing. You know what I mean? I feel like every day yeah. I'm learning something new, and I do have to say I love TikTok for it because you know I'll I'll see a new content creator, and I'm like, oh my god, I didn't, I didn't realize I was doing that, or you know, like the mm-hmm. Sojia. 
Um, and she was talking about, you know, food and how she's like, oh, people reacting like, oh, it's so gross. And you, and she was like, you know how hurtful that was as a kid being an Asian person and how our culture and our food and people always saying, ew, and how gross it was. And I would have never realized that, you know, and I would have been that person. They would have been like, ew, you're eating this, ew, 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 gagging and making all those things. And then to hear her explain it was like, oh, shit. Okay. Do better, bitch. Do better. Yeah. We're not doing this no more. Right? Like, it was that simple. Like, uh-huh. having somebody say to me, like, do you know what that was like? Having our whole life, it was like, no, I, I, I wouldn't. And I wouldn't think about it because I'm privileged. Right? Yeah. I mean, and that's I re- what the privilege is. I didn't have to think about it because nobody did that. I remember, oh, I was so embarrassed. Like, I remember I was like, I I had like cookbooks that I would look through. It was on the same vein where you were going off. Like, I had cookbooks that I would look through and I couldn't figure out, like, I didn't know measurements and stuff because I was a kid. I was just kind of like left alone. My mom would take a nap and I would just kind of go out in the kitchen and be like, I'm hungry. I'm going to figure out how to make something. And I like go down through the, the, the drawers and I'd like find a cookbook and I'm like, oh, I wonder if we have any of this stuff. No, no, no. And I'd, I'd end up making like tomato soup and throw like some shells in there and then some extra oregano and then maybe find like some ground beef or something and throw it in there. And like all of a sudden I'm like, hey, I made soup. It's kind of like regular it's like a bottle of soup kind of but it's got other stuff in it <laughs> like <laughs> so like i'd eat it and i'd be all impressed with myself like put some cheese on top of it i'm like this is gourmet this is the best <laughs> thing i ever had and how and, old were you i don't know probably like 11 six. 12 <laughs> probably like 12 no i wasn't six i was like 12 i didn't know any better <laughs> and, like, like that's what we had in the house 12. I tried, I did, you know, and like then I had like this girl, and I'm like, oh, I want to cook for you. <laughs> oh. I did, the, I did my macaroni tomato soup thing, and she was not impressed, and I was really hurt by that. <laughs> I still I, remember. I it's like, an almost forty year old. I'm kind of impressed that you put pasta and and beef in the tomato soup. Yeah, well. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty good cook now. I mean, I'm a necessity. Like, I'm a fat kid at heart, so I want to eat good food all the time. So I do a lot better now. Uh, I, I and love- I I got to say, I don't know if I've ever told you I love you because then one day I know Kelly and you were talking. And she's like, I had to help Jeffrey through a crisis. He was trying to cook meat. And you're like, what? Jeffrey can cook? And she's like, mm, no, he's more of a casserole dude. He's not big on the meat. I, I love that you had so much faith in me. I really did. Well... <laughs> I mean, I've had your ziti. I'm like, if you can throw a ziti together like that, I'm like, that's delicious. That's so yeah, good. I, I can't. I my, Everything we ate growing up was, okay. First, I, Dana, I can't tell you how old I was when I saw a real clove of garlic. Okay. Oh, really? Like, you thought it had, just came in a jar? Yeah. Yeah. Like the like, little chunks? Garlic salt. No. Garlic oh. salt. Uh, maybe we had onion powder, salt, pepper. I think that was it. And then maybe I think around nine-ish, because I started cooking really young. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I liked cooking. I was really into it. Uh, so I'd get up and cook everybody breakfast in the morning. My mother would get pissed because, you know, I was up at 5 a.m. You know, I was an early bird. My grandmother would be like, listen, don't wake me up. I'd go spend the night. She'd be like, watch TV, do whatever the hell you want, but don't wake me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I would get up and cook like you, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then I'd go bring it to him in bed, and she's like, can you just wait till, like, after 9 a.m.? 
and not bring us breakfast in bed at like 6.30. Yeah. And I'd make omelets and pancakes and if we had bacon, which was very rare. Cool. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of, but we had like those shitty, remember those metal pans that had the like, I don't know, copper bottom, I guess? It was a different color bottom. I don't know. Those are the good ones. Like 10, well, yeah, I guess maybe they were good for back in the day. But they were never seasoned, so everything stuck to them. And oh, yeah, stainless, then, the stainless steel pots, yeah. You yeah, gotta, we, we didn't have Pam back then. You, know you gotta I mean? grease everything, yeah. How was I, like, I don't know, probably 30 years old, where fucking Kelly finally told me, um, you have to season stainless steel. Because I had that big one, and she's like, you, you don't have it seasoned. This, everything stick, this is shit. And I'm like, what do you mean season? Yeah. You and I'm like, I'm surrounded by grease. all you people. I'm like, do you know where I come from? I'm like, we don't, we garlic salt. We had Mrs. Dash, I think, when I turned 10. You know what I'm That's it. There was no other spices. I and, loved the shit out of Mrs. Dash. I would put that on everything. <laughs> like, I would make a sandwich and I'd be like, I'll shake some of this on the mayonnaise. This will be great. I'd eat that by itself. Um, I would have <laughs> Mrs. Dash and bacon bits. Mrs. Dash and bacon bits. I would no put on like bits. every sandwich. No, they we weren't real no- bacon. We didn't really have bacon. My mother's macaroni salad was macaroni, some eggs sliced up on the top, Mm -hmm. and mayo. Oh boy! But I think it was Miracle Whip. I I don't. I don't. Maybe. Yeah. Um. That's it. That's it. The salad, potato salad, same thing. Eggs sliced on the top, and either mayo or I don't know. I don't remember which one she used. Miracle Whip. Either way, abomination. But that's it. it. Maybe she put some celery in. Maybe. I don't know. That, but that's it. That's all that was in there. Maybe mm. some salt and pepper. I mean, when I tell you I came from the house of bland. Did, all right. So. No vegetables. This you is. Don't eat no vegetables. This is way off a topic. Like we, we went, we went oh, yeah. off, but Hi. I got to tell a story about that because it, again, has nothing to do with respect, but it's just nasty. And I wanted to share that. So. My mom, my mom used to have like the. I may have actually told this story. Is it the ham um, salad? Yeah, yeah. Did I already tell this story with the fingernails? Yes! Oh God! Oh, Do it again! Do it again! No. Tell it again! So she had a thyroid condition and diabetes, and I don't know what caused it, but her, her fingernails were like the same consistency as like sheep horns. Like they were like. You could, she could climb brick with them. I'm pretty sure, and they were they were just so thick. Like she could just she could take her fingernail and just like push it into a two by four, and like it would like claw into it. She's like Wolverine, but like so she would make like ham salad and like chicken salad or turkey salad, and she would just take the bone that was left over from whatever like or like the, the turkey carcass. And she would just be sitting there, like, she'd have one of those old-timey meat grinders, like the metal ones that you clamp to the table and you crank the handle to grind the stuff up. And so she would be, like, picking stuff off of, like, the carcass and just, like, jamming it in there and grinding it up into a bowl to make the salad. Then when it got down to the bone, she would just take her fingernails and just claw them into it. (laughs) And, like, just get it all up under there. And then she would sit there with her thumbnail and flick, flick, into the bowl. Uh, she's like eat some of this ham salad i just made it it's fresh i'm like all right i'm not hungry 
I know you ate that ham salad and you loved it. No, I did, I had eaten the ham salad, but I'd never actually watched her make it. Like I'd just be like, as a kid, like I wasn't paying attention, and then I don't know what age I was when I finally like sat down at the table and I was like watching her do it, and I had, I was like eight years oh. old, nine years old, and I'd just be watching her. I'm like, ugh, why? I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking at my fingernails like playing out in the yard, and I'm like, I wouldn't eat anything that came out from under these. What is she doing? Like, ugh, disrespectful. <laughs> Was she very uneducated? I mean, she went to. I mean, she graduated high school. I mean, my mom was old, but like, like she was born in like 1938. So I mean, she uh, 48. Oh, yes, yeah. So she graduated high school in like 1956. She's older than my grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. So she was uh, by by 10 years. She was. She never went to college or anything. So yeah, I mean, her parents were like Depression era, and they taught her like you just eat literally every piece of food. You don't throw anything away, and that's how she raised me. It's like, well, yeah, weird food stuff because I was like, you eat everything on your plate. Don't waste. Throw it away. So yeah, that's what happened to me. But anyway, back to respect. So we were talking. I think you left off. You were talking about your mama don't um, give you no respect. Asian oh. culture and people picking on like Asian food and girls growing up with weird like cultural food disrespect. And I think we were talking about like how um, like when you do like your stand up or like you make jokes like you used to do voices and stuff you don't do it anymore because you just know better now. I, I I think that's good. Like a lot of people like seem to be more. I mean, it seems to be more of an open part of the conversation where people aren't so much afraid of saying like, Hey, that was kind of disrespectful and you don't need to do that. And I think when it happens on a peer level, like when it's somebody that, you know, and that you're friends with that calls you out on something and they don't do it in a mean way, like you don't get defensive. You evolve from that. Like you're like, Oh yeah, I, could have been more sensitive about that for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna change that behavior, you know. Right. Um, for me it was always you know, I laughed at gay jokes, I laughed at everything. So it mm-hmm. was like I thought we were all in on the jokes together. So when I realized we weren't, it really took the funny out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It stopped being funny. He's like, oh God, this is hurting people. Like that's that's not funny. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? You don't want to ever hurt anybody. Like that that that's not comedy. That's not funny. Yeah. I mean in any and, and way. You can almost see like the evolution of like gay the, the topic of homosexuality in comedy as how it's kind of evolved over the years. Like first it was totally okay to like do like the lispy accent gay joke well i mean at first it was just really funny to do like a gay accent like like a like so so boys like and then that was that's all you had to do to be funny well what's his face still did it on snl what right yeah that one guy what is it he was on the like the the news thing right he was dressed like a club kid or something you know he's like yes that one i don't i don't i don't SNL's not really my bag, but yeah, but um, so it started like there, and then then it became like a, like the topic of gayness got 
kind of mainstream enough where you couldn't just do the accent anymore. That was that was obviously like kind of hateful. So people it's stopped just doing not that. Funny. Right, and it, and it wore off, and then people were like, "All right, well, I'm gonna act. I'm gonna I'm gonna make jokes about me being gay because me being gay is funny." And like the the crowd, like the the atmosphere of the people in the crowd are like, "All right, well, it's still kind of edgy. He's making himself the joke, and the joke is still that he's gay. So it's still being gay is a joke." And that's that's what's funny, and because it's still the crowd that's watching the audience is like, okay, that's the edgy thing now, being him being gay and whatever. That's that's the joke, and now you can't even now now you don't do those jokes either because people are like, yeah, no, that's not funny. Like, why is that even a joke? You don't you don't need to make a joke about somebody. Yeah, but I, and, and I mean, for me, like you know, when Kevin Hart and he right he the Grammys and everything. I didn't agree with any of that. I didn't feel like he needed to get fired from the job. I didn't think he needed to apologize. There was his job. He was doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. Like, they were jokes. Yeah. Get over it. It was the time. And I feel like intention matters mm-hmm. and of the era also needs to count for something. You know what I yeah. mean? A joke somebody made 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know oh. that that should come back and haunt them today right. if like, they're not making those jokes today. Like not even talking about gay people, but like just in general. Like you, you go back, you go back like twenty five years ago. You remember the Man Show with Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel? Oh my God, it was foul. It was. I mean, it was yeah. the complete objectification of women. Of women, and yeah. Like dirty jokes and making fun of every single thing that you could think of. Like, yeah. and Jimmy Kimmel, like, South I think Park. several times, like, he just had to apologize. Oh, there you are. You're back. What happened there? That was, I weird. don't know. Everything just disappeared. Yeah. You like, you blipped out and then came right back. It's storming really crazy here. So oh, it's it? possible I could disappear. <laughs> weird. But yeah, so I think I think Jimmy Kimmel even like apologized for like his character on the Man Show. Like he's like, yeah, yeah I'm sorry about the things I said. There was a lot of it was just really ignorant. We didn't. But know then, it yeah, it also goes. You know, I I don't know. Like I, I don't know in what world though. Like all those guys ever thought like doing blackface would be okay. Yeah, well, like, it was at the time because it was commonly understood that that was okay to do I at the time. Like that to me is not something that ever felt like that was something that would be okay. Like, I just no. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, you go back a hundred years. That's like, like I, it's like, did you not have black friends? Like, do you no. not have anybody in your not circle a, that would? I don't think I anybody just, as a white person typically had a black friend at that time. I just, I, I don't know, man. Like, and I know that, like, Ted Danson, you know, he was with Whoopi Goldberg. And she thought it was funny, but I'm like, I, I just, like, that kind of stuff, like, you know, but then somebody even brought up um, Gwen Stefani. Yeah. With, uh, when she was doing, uh, what the hell was that one song or whatever? Or I guess it was like that whole tour or whatever the album where she had the hero. Uh, I, no, I don't even know what they are. She, you know, she had the Asian girls behind her, basically, okay. in all the numbers. You know, and that was the whole thing. And then Katy Perry was on stage, and she, like, combined, combined Japanese and Chinese culture. And 
you know, it was um, kind of a mess, and she yeah, got dragged for it. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> it's well, a very it? well. You got to look back. It's the same thing again, though, because it's a fine line, especially from the entertainment standpoint. Like, if it's just one person that's saying a thing, and maybe it doesn't come off quite right. It's easy, like you said, to look at the intention behind it. Like what, like when you talked about Kevin Hart, like that's one person saying something, and you can tell by how they're saying something or what their intentions are, like by what they're saying, and deem whether it's supposed to be hurtful or not. It's pretty straightforward. But where, like, you pull in like some of these bigger, like, entertainment culture items, like big shows, like concerts and whatnot. That wasn't their idea. That was like multiple people's idea. Like there was a think tank involved in that. Like multiple people thought that was a good idea. And it was just blatant appropriation for people to stare at. Like is taking advantage of a culture, disrespecting what like serious like history is involved in that culture and turning it into just entertainment for people that have no it, it it disrespects that culture and that's it's it's easily it's easy to understand the difference to me between the two but and then at a certain point like when does it when does the the performance artist like when does the person that's performing with in that show like they're going along with like they're nodding their head they're like okay we're doing this like this and you guys say that's going to be good okay i guess i'll do that what i'm supposed to i'm the talent i'm going along with it like i mean it wasn't their idea like they're just doing what they're told you know Miller it's like, there's a there's a certain amount of like you, a little bit of like innocence to go along with that too. Like they didn't even pick that. Like maybe they wouldn't have even thought that on their own, but for some reason the creative director took it that way. And who knows? But yeah, it's it's a it's a big gray area. Like you can't just say everything's good or bad and not like it, it, it's not like a light switch. You can't just like go over to one thing and say, oh that's bad, off. This is good, on. Um, like there's it evolves. It's always constantly changing. There's always gray areas everywhere with everything. Well, I think as a person, you have to be willing to always evolve and change mm -hmm. and, and listen. If somebody tells you that what you're doing is hurting them, yeah, you need to listen. Right. You can't, the, that's the word, like some, that's one of the things that like, I find like super disrespectful. Like when like you, you give somebody your opinion and like, hey, that hurt my feelings or like this makes me feel bad when you do this thing. And rather than them just say like, all right, well, I don't necessarily agree with why this should hurt your feelings, but I respect you enough to not do it because I you, you told me it hurts you and I don't want to hurt you. Like, even if I don't agree with it, I respect you and I won't do this right. because... And I, and I like, think they're sorry go ahead. no no some people like it's like they want to argue with you about it they're yeah. like well you shouldn't be hurt because that's not a big deal i wouldn't be hurt most people wouldn't be hurt and they like try to like they invalidate your feelings and they like just yeah. that that's super disrespectful that's that's painful like the, somebody has genuine feelings they're talking to you about it in a civilized way trying to give you an opportunity to be caring and compassionate and you Tell them that that's not how it should be. You're wrong. You're broken. 
like you're being too sensitive or like you know it's just that's 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 disrespectful in my opinion but when well, i feel like there's certain things that we're never there's no easy solution to either mm-hmm. um like we got that huge fight on the thursday night show you know i left oh i, I said, have a great show i walked out and it wasn't because of what we were talking about it was because you uh, katie mm-hmm. um she like was like I, I, you know she just said i, I felt I, there was other episodes where she's like i'm a straight woman i'm a straight white woman i ain't got nothing to say right so i i, I had said that i'm like you're telling a gay man what's saying you're a straight white lady and she's like i'm not straight and i like <gasps> like are you trying to say you're bisexual and like weaponize that like are you using are you like i know like i'm always like come on arguments are great for ratings but i'm like are you using like in that moment you know what i mean my head was gonna explode Ugh. So I was like, oh, my God, I can't even do this right now. Like, I'm going to, like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I got to go. I need to leave I thought, right now. You know, I saw Katie at work, actually. I was going down. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I had no idea that that even happened. Like, she, it seemed like she was, like, she was, a, like, She's so right. traumatized. Yeah. She's so traumatized. That poor girl. I traumatized the living hell out of her. I didn't have a clue. And I, like, by the end, by the time they got off air, I'm apologizing to everybody. Because, you know what I mean? I'm playing the whole thing in my head. One, it's not my business what her sexual orientation is. And two, I did already know that. But in the moment, that's not what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? It didn't matter. You know what I mean? None of it mattered. Like, I just wasn't, you know, I had a horrible day. And it was carrying over into the topic. And I just felt like I, what I assumed she was doing wasn't correct. Yeah. And I just had such a, a reaction to it mm-hmm. that it was like, I, I can't be here right now. Oh, yeah. You had a call back to a, a lot of history that popped up from that It was month. like, you are not going to weaponize that and use that to try to win this argument or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it wasn't even about that. But it's like, I don't, what I what I saw in that situation, because it was about Bette Midler and, and um, trans folks and trans activists, Okay. And Bette Midler saying, you know, when uh, abortion rights were taken away, she said, women of the world. And I, I was, you know, we're more than reproductive rights or menstruating people. I, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But, you know, reducing it to basically people who had their periods or uteruses or something. Mm-hmm. Which, however she worded it, did not sound inclusive. Mm-hmm. And I do understand that now. Mm-hmm. Um, however... I do feel like we have now two groups of people that are marginalized because mm-hmm. we can't deny that women have been marginalized right. for years and years and years on end. Mm-hmm. But now we have this group who's now telling women, well, now you're known as cis women, mm-hmm. right? Because that's not always been the case. Nope. That's a newer term, right? So now we're telling you, oh, you're not just a woman anymore. You're a cis woman. And you don't get a say in that. We're just telling you that's what it is, and you have to like it. And if you say you don't like it, you're a turf. You're you're anti-trans. You're, you're you know it's not okay. okay. And I'm like, wait a minute. There, there's no discussion here about this. And then if you're not if you because she said women of the world and and they said she wasn't being inclusive because of this this thing that that Bette Midler was a turf. And I'm like. This woman has fought for gay rights my entire life. And now now she's you're gonna try to cancel her? 
because she's trying to fight for women's rights. I'm like, she was alive when she couldn't get a checkbook. Yeah, that's not that's not okay. I mean, I, the, so again, again, it comes down like, to the I, intention. Like, what was I, the intention? Right, and I don't know what the answer is, and I'm not trying to pretend like I do, mm-hmm. but it's like I, I don't feel like you're listening to what this other group is saying. You're 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 taking a marginalized group, and you're you're you're. You know, I, they're, I don't know, even know how. It's just mind-blowing to me. that It's like, and two, I see it in the gay community. Everybody's just attacking each other. Mm-hmm. Nobody's listening to each other and no. trying to figure this out together. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, I, and I don't. It happens so much. It's like, and I think, I think it's almost like the, the volatility of like this just, what's going on like the climate of everything like yeah. inflation has everybody stressed out it's hard to afford things like job markets trash everybody's crazy from working remotely for the past couple of years everybody's social isolation has just percolated their mental illness up to this perfect boil and now nobody knows how to interact with each other so everybody's like really passionate and they have their beliefs and they've had time to stew over their beliefs and if somebody contradicts something that is one of their core beliefs, they're going to lash out. Like people just have a hair trigger about everything. Like people just seem to want to lash out about anything that they feel passionate about instead of being like more, I guess, vanilla. Like it, everybody's all worked up and ready to blow. And I, instead of just being able to like have a conversation, it's, it's hard. Right. And I mean, I come from a point where, like, you know, there was a time where gay folks, we didn't want labels. Mm-hmm. Right. And now, you know, and a lot of women were saying, I don't want to be labeled a cis woman. If you're a woman, yeah. you're, you're a woman. You know what I mean? They're saying, Would you, I don't look at you as a trans person. You're you're a woman. Right. You, you're a woman now. You know what I mean? And they're like, mm-hmm. no, I'm a trans woman and you're a cis woman. It's so like, uh, you're, you're, you're creating a label then. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at you as a sister. You're a woman now with me. Like, and that wasn't good enough. And it was just like, <gasps> you're not hearing what they're saying. Like, you know what I mean? The, I'm, seeing, I'm watching so much, this argument and it's like. <gasps> there's oh. so much confusion for me. And it comes, it, it, you, you touched on something a second ago that I have a hard time with. Like. And it comes down to equality and treating people as individuals. Like, if I'm talking to you, my relationship with you, like, I'm just talking to you, Jeff. Like, if I'm talking to you as a person, you're Jeffrey. Like, you're, you're just Jeffrey. Like, that's, I'm not, if, and if I'm talking to Kelly, I'm talking to Kelly. I'm not talking to like an idea of a female i'm not talking to like my idea of a gay man i'm just talking to a person like it's just a person that is my friend or even anything else like the women like especially like feminist women like they talk about there should be no difference in the way you talk to or treat a woman versus a man right there should be no difference right well so then why would somebody want to transition from being a woman to a man or a man to a woman? If hypothetically we're supposed to treat everybody the same, why would somebody want to change from one to the other? They should hypothetically be treated the same, no matter what they identify as. So why would somebody want to switch? Like it's because 
I think ingrained in us. Is Not the, so much why anybody would want to switch, but why would it matter to anybody else? Well, he, who does it hurt? Like, why does even, it care? Why? Right? Why? why who does it? Hurt? Why, why right. does it matter? Like it I don't care. Right? Yeah. And that's the thing that blows my mind. Like it, again, like why? Why if a, a trans, like a gay person, whoever, yellow, black, white, what? How anybody's rights are in question mm -hmm. because of who they are, who they sleep with. It doesn't make any sense. Right. So there's there's so many things. Everybody like, I, should have what every right. It I shouldn't as a straight, be a question. Right. That I should be non-negotiable. And like it's it's from my perspective, like me as a straight white male, I shouldn't be allowed to make laws regarding women's reproductive rights or uh, trans restrooms and straight restrooms and gay restrooms. Like I, I should have no say in any of that because I personally don't have any experience with it. Like I don't understand what it's like to not feel like my body is my own and that it should be changed to another gender. I don't understand that feeling. So what right do I have to have an opinion about anything to do with it like that doesn't hurt me in any way they can do anything they want it's it's freedom that's what well, freedom is. i, I never really understood like the whole bathroom thing anyways because right. if there's private stalls who cares right if in my house i don't have there's women and men in my house but we all use well, one bathroom who cares we're, we're washing our hands together that's the problem yeah and like I, I read one article, it was I think it was on Quora or something. It was a it was just a forum post. Like some lady was like she went into a, a regular public bathroom that was men and women, and she went to the bathroom, got out, and she was washing her hands. While she was washing her hands, some guy came in and he was going to go pee, and he turned around and walked out and didn't go pee and waited for her to finish washing her hands and leave. And then another guy came in and he just started peeing while she was just standing there washing her hands. Like he was just at a urinal going pee. And she was like, I can't believe how disrespectful this guy was. He just came in and pulled it oh, out and started yeah, peeing or whatever. And then the other guy just, he, he was respectful and he went out. And then the, the, the argument, and I agree with the argument is like, I think the guy that went pee in front of her was the more respectful person. Like he treated her like An up equal. here. Like, like, yeah, like there was nothing wrong. You were in a bathroom to go to the bathroom and he was doing that. Like he wasn't harassing her by going to the bathroom. He was going to the bathroom. Right. Like, bathroom. why are we so uncomfortable with the human body? Because <sighs> we've been conditioned to be. Yeah. Like, what, what, what are you so uncomfortable about? Mm -hmm. Because somebody is doing something that every single person on the planet does? Yeah. Everyone What's will... the difference if it's a female or a male? Why I mean, are you uncomfortable? If you it's not about that person. It's about just, you. Yeah. it's a, If you deconstruct it, it's all just skin rubbing on skin. Who cares what shape it is? <laughs> you well, know? Um, actually, well, that's that's not accurate, babe. I, I, okay. Size matters. Okay. Well, you know what I mean. But so just that's, saying. I mean. Hey, sugar tits. We made it. Mm -hmm. We're fucking we done. It. Respect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Respect with mm -hmm. the side of mm -hmm. ham salad mm -hmm. and whatever else I drifted us off onto.
Yeah. But the ham salad's my favorite. Respect. Yeah, mom, 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 mom claws. That. I'm definitely gonna have to pull that clip again and re-upload that to TikTok. Uh, it was the thing. It was like you know how like you kind of it's like the one at a time, like flick, 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 and back and forth. Like she was just got really good at it. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, God rest her soul. Mm-hmm. It needed to rest. All right. Well, <laughs> here we are. We made it through another Monday. Okay, kids, make sure you're checking out tomorrow night. We have uh, Theo, um, Tams, Tams. Uh, actually, fucking no. Uh, was the winner of Canadian Idol coming on? Steve's doing an interview with him oh, and his new single, Kicking Back. So make sure you check that out on Tuesday. Then Wednesday, we have Guilty Pleasures is back. And Thursdays, UCR Live. Make sure you stay tuned and check them all out. And we're going to sign off. Bye. Bye. And now we stare at each other while we wait for it to end. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.